Hi everyone, I'm Brian Peters and this is the Science of Social Media, a podcast by Buffer, your weekly sandbox for social media stories, insights, experimentation, and learning. Welcome to episode number 106. I'm Haley Griffiths and this week we're delivering the most important social media news that you need to know hot off the press right to your doorstep. We are chatting Instagram engagement, vertical video on YouTube, influencer marketing, and lots more. Yep, and we also have a fun new segment at the end of the show where we share our favorite social posts from the week. We can all even play along. Anyways, welcome from wherever you are and wherever you may be tuning in from. Let's kick off the show. First things first, happy birthday, Instagram stories. On August 2nd, Instagram stories turned two years young. And as their gift to themselves, they celebrated 400 million (laughs) daily stories users. Good for them. Maybe Zuck will invite us to the birthday party. What do you think, Haley? Um, I wish. That would be great. I would love to go to the birthday party. (laughs) You know what I think? I think our invites were lost in the mail. They must have been. They must have been, you know, in our Instagram stories other folder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The request folder, right? The requests folder. Yeah. Well, with the growth and all of the talk about Instagram over the past few months, you might be wondering to yourself, what makes Instagram, and specifically the Instagram platform, what makes it so great? And why do businesses and brands continue to flock to this platform at incredible rates? Well, Social Bakers published a pretty interesting article about the five reasons behind what makes Instagram so successful, and we've got some exclusive insights for you here on the show today. Yep, I found these to be one, super interesting, like you mentioned, Haley, and two, true in the experiences that I've had on Instagram from both a personal and brand perspective. So with that being said, the first thing they found was that Instagram's algorithm seems to deliver the most consistently relevant content compared to other social media channels. So like we talked about in a previous episode, in June 2016, they decided to ditch the reverse chronological feed in favor of an algorithmic one, yet the chain was the change wasn't exactly received by users with open arms at first, right? Yeah, not at all. I definitely remember an uproar around that. But it led to Instagram users seeing 90% of their friends' posts as opposed to missing 50% of them prior to that update. So in short, this means that the Instagram newsfeed started prioritizing more relevant content, which helped shoot up engagement on the platform. But it wasn't just users' posts that began receiving more engagement, the data shows that brands began to experience a 105, that is 105% (laughs) increase in interactions after that update as well. So good for everyone. Yes, good for everyone. And before we get to the second point, I just wanted to quickly say that I think Twitter does a great job of surfacing relevant content. Yeah, I I do think that they they do a really great job with the like, in case you missed it portion as well. Yeah. Agreed. Well, all right. On to the second thing they found is that Instagram users spend a ton of time on the app. And I mean like a lot of time. (laughs) According to Instagram, users under the age of 25 spend over 32 minutes a day on the platform while users 25 and over spend more than 24 minutes daily on the app. And just to put that into perspective, same aged user groups spend 30 and 20 minutes respectively. So uh, under 25 and over 25 using Snapchat and an average of 30 or so minutes using Facebook. That's really interesting. I would not have seen that coming for Snapchat. <laughs> I know, it's still up there. Yeah. So while user time spent on the Instagram app is actually increasing, time spent on Snapchat, Facebook, and other platforms slowly decreasing over yes. time. So something to watch out for there. Instagram has taken over the world. 
<laughs> so the third thing that they found is that users love the Instagram platform and engage with so much content because of how visual it is. It's almost like the pinnacle of visual content on social media, which I do agree with. I sort of feel like I get to live vicariously through people on vacation and Instagram every day through their posts and stories. Yes. And, you know, still it's debated whether or not that's good for mental health, but <laughs> I am definitely 100% with you there. Uh, I love that aspect of Instagram myself. There's something about the app that it's like, it's just a really well-designed app as well. And so that yeah. keeps, I think that keeps people drawn in. Um, but yeah, I think there's something behind that data as well. Instagram found that as much as 40% of people respond better to visual than textual information. In addition, visual posts get more social media and interactions among them most, uh, among the interactions, the most valuable ones, of course, shares. And Instagram is making an effort to make sharing a lot easier for folks across the platform as we've all seen over the past couple of months. All right, so their fourth finding is that Instagram enables creativity, which is pretty awesome. So what keeps the platform growing and thriving is partly due to the fact that it's not only one thing. Aside from its successful newsfeed that keeps users engaged, it keeps people around and creating through the stories format and now with IGTV. Yeah, stories is an interesting one because in contrast with regular Instagram posts that are actually consumed passively, meaning they just appear in your feed, Stories are consumed actively, so you actually have to click on them, which is interesting, uh, particularly from a brand perspective. So the data shows that brands get as much as 37% of their total Instagram impressions from stories, meaning that users are actively interacting with the format. So it's sort of like a double whammy, uh, which is great news for us as businesses. And like we always say here on the show, it's definitely important to experiment with your Instagram content and give your audience various ways to interact with you. Finally, they found that there's a big difference between types of brand pages, which was really fun to read through. So as you might expect, celebrities are way ahead of the pack when it comes to Instagram engagement. Between May of 2017 and April of 2018, they received a medium of 438 million weekly interactions, which is over twice as much uh, compared to 216 million generated by media accounts and 192 million garnered by brand accounts. Okay. So basically celebrities and then media and then brand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, what's interesting though. The, another part from that study was in comparison, talking about comparing to Facebook, the overall engagement for, on Facebook is much lower and a quite, or a bit different. So the median interactions are roughly 45 million for brands on Facebook compared to 192 million on Instagram. 149 million for celebrities compared to 260 million on Instagram and then 487 for media companies compared to 216. So that means that brands generate over four times more interactions on Instagram compared to Facebook. I thought that part was super fascinating too. So essentially celebrities and influencers, like we said, thriving on the Instagram platform, media accounts thriving on Facebook, and then brands are Friends are last on both, but, oh, okay. you know, that doesn't feel great. <laughs> at the same time, you know, you're competing with celebrities and media, but at least Instagram is a promising platform on the engagement front. So I think that this also means that influencer marketing is crucial for brands to at least consider when developing their Instagram strategies. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Haley, because we will be chatting about influencer marketing just a bit later on the show. As you know, of course, a uh, total accident that these two topics landed together, but hey, it worked out meant to be.
today, the vast majority of content captured on smartphones is shot vertically. And in fact, research has shown that we hold our phones vertically 94% of the time, which I am betting is actually even low. I don't. That's got to be low. Yeah, we've talked about this on the podcast before. <laughs> I don't turn my phone over. That just doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen. So on social media, the rise of vertical video presents both opportunities and challenges when it comes to brand storytelling. The vertical format inherently requires a closer cropped, more refined take. And with people used to the traditional widescreen 16 by 9 format, it can definitely be difficult to share the same depth in terms of the context of a short story. However, social media networks are quickly jumping on this trend and offering creators vertical video options to share content with their followers. The most recent to the party is, of course, YouTube. They recently launched vertical video that allows users to both upload and watch vertical videos from their mobile device as well as desktop. And I actually had a chance to check out the desktop in, uh, integration of YouTube's vertical format and it's super sleek. So I'm, I'm kind of actually kind of excited to see what comes about from this. Yeah, I love it. And Forbes released in, an interesting article back in the spring of this year talking about various brands that have experimented with vertical video. And it's funny because at first, a lot of the brands would create a video in landscape and then like crop it, like edit it to vertical. Mm -hmm. But today, a lot of those same brands are just like going right to filming in yeah. vertical. <laughs> yeah. And let's not forget that they've been doing this on Snapchat for quite some time now in the Discover tab. So this isn't necessarily new to them. Yeah, quick. Quick shout out to Snapchat. I think that's a great point, Haley. We, uh, you know, as users and social networks, I think we for often forget that Snapchat was like one of the pioneers in vid vertical video, along with some uh, lots of other things as well. So stories. don't worry, Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, stories. <laughs> we got you. We're still cheering for you. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, that Forbes article was great because they gave some tips on creating engaging videos for social media. And one of them that stuck with me was that relevance, authenticity, and action are all important. But even the most visually stunning story can fall flat if it doesn't captivate. A successful vertical story starts with grabbing your audience's attention while also letting the passion and character of people shine through. So speaking of influencer marketing, Social Media Today published a great article recently on why some influencer campaigns with big potential end up falling totally flat. And we figured we'd share some of these insights with you today so that you're well prepared if you're considering running an influencer campaign or if you're already running one just to make sure that it's hopefully a success for you. Yeah, let's let's give, let's give them some, some tips so they can be successful with influencers. So the first mistake when it comes to influencers is assuming that popularity equals influence. In other words, the more followers you have, the more you can persuade an audience, which as you and I know, Haley, is not true. It's not true at all. More often than not, an influencer with less followers actually has more sway on their audience because they're so much closer to their audience and then like quote unquote real life, right? And so in other words, they're more relatable. Not that it's entirely bad to go with followers as your barometer here, but focusing solely on popularity drives awareness, but not engagement or conversions. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. So if you're in if you're in B2B marketing, customers want to see more than just the famous celebrity or, or talking head, right? They want to see themselves, aka subject matters that are their actual peers in that content that the brands are promoting. The second mistake that brands make is asking too much of their influencers and losing patience with influencer marketing. If you're going to pitch an influencer, you need to make it easy as possible for them to participate and of course say yes. 
yeah, this one is sort of common sense, but the more work you ask them to do, the less likely it is that they will come on board. (laughs) There is a reason that they're an influencer. So you have to let them do their thing, set guidelines and a contract, of course, but then just trust that they are going to do what's best for the campaign. This, I mean, this is their, their job or at least part of their income. And then stay patient. Awareness and sales might not pour in overnight, but if you trust in the process, as studies have shown, it will work. Yeah, that's a really great point. You got like I think a lot of brands forget that they don't actually like work for them. You know, they're their yeah. own person. Yeah, <laughs> so, they're not even freelancers, right? Like no. it's a whole different contract. It's a business, you know. So uh you know, but like you said, you know, like all good like all sorts of marketing's good things take time. And um yeah, so last but not least, the final mistake we see with brands is putting all of your eggs in one basket. Uh, or put differently, not having a plan B. And when I originally was thinking about this, I almost said, put all of your eggs in one influencer. And I just didn't, <laughs> it didn't seem right. Uh, so that's not an expression. <laughs> no, that's, that can't be an expression. So make sure you have a plan B, uh, which means have a, you know, have a couple influencers that you already are set to work with for every campaign in case one falls through. This is critical, especially in situations in which you've scheduled resources and time like broadcasts or or at events. Plus, a lot of times you don't really know which influencers are going to drive results for your brand. Some of them might surprise you. So it's just a good idea to experiment with multiple folks and make sure that you're giving influencer marketing a real chance. A college effort, if you will. Yes, the good old college try. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I guess we have a new segment on the show. and. We don't have a name for it yet, do we? No, no name for it yet. All right. So my understanding is that we are finding the single best post on social media for the week and sharing it here on the show. Brian will definitely be sharing it this week since this is the first time hearing about this. Yes, yes. Um, But if you, if any of our listeners have a good name idea, since we don't have that down yet, or if you want to nominate a post... Please tag us on social media, use the hashtag Buffer Podcast on Twitter, and if you send us a post that ends up appearing on the show, I don't know, maybe we can uh, send you a prize or something cool like that. Get some, yes. We should create podcast swag. This is a whole Ooh. other conversation. Okay, so name and prize TBD, <laughs> but send us your favorite social post, hashtag yes. Buffer Podcast. So let's kick it off. We'll, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get it warmed up for next week. So this week's post comes from the Academy Twitter account. So, you know, like the Academy Awards, they tweeted out, share the plot of your favorite movie in five words. And it's so simple yet so genius. So this tweet got 51,000 responses, 2000 retweets and 11,000 likes, which so just well done. Academy cue like the Academy music. Yeah. Can you insert Um, that? (laughs) (laughs) So one of my, one of my favorites was, uh, Dodge, duck, dip, dive, dodge. Oh, man. (laughs) It's a good one. Movie Dodgeball. I love that movie. Uh, And then uh, this one's a little more creative. So Massive Matt Damon Rescue Mission, which is from the movie Saving Private Ryan, which was great. Those are all awesome. Okay, so I did not see this tweet, but I pulled it up right now. Um, Lots of good stuff in there. Uh, Another good one is Epic Lads Holiday to Mortar. And this is from (laughs) The Lord of the Rings. And I love uh, the the word holiday there. Yeah, holiday. holiday (laughs) It was not a holiday if you've seen that series. Um, And then we couldn't handle the truth from... A few good men. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen that movie? I haven't, but I just think that the five words are hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty much like you can't handle the truth, and it's basically saying, "No, you're right. We couldn't we couldn't handle the truth." So <laughs> it's good stuff. I like it. All right, well, uh, let's turn it over to the listeners. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Science of Social Media today. The show notes for this episode are now available on the Buffer blog at blog.buffer.com with a complete transcript. And of course, we'll include the links to all of the resources we covered in today's show. And if you ever want to get in touch with me or Brian, we are always here for you on social media using the hashtag BufferPodcast. And you can also send us an email to hello at bufferapp.com. As always, thank you so much for your reviews on iTunes. It's so awesome to read through all of your kind comments there. And we actually do read through all of them. So thank you so much. And shout out to the people who tweeted us that made it this far in the show. Uh, (laughs) You are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Also, be sure to catch next week's episode where we'll be diving into the psychology behind social media and what makes people take action on different social media channels. So until next Monday, everyone. Mm